and welcome to Sonic Talk number 479, uh, recording live today on Wednesday, the 1st of February, the month of uh, love, perhaps, if you're into Valentine's. Sorry, I, was, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to say when I was going into that sentence, and that's just the word that came out. So there we go. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, obviously, this is our post-NAM uh, NAM, it's our post uh, podcast, because we got back, I got back, yes, uh, last Wednesday uh, evening, and uh, now we're back here. Uh, before you all ask, yes, I know the uh, IRC chi- uh, client isn't working on the live page. Sorry about that. It's just uh, unfixable today. We will try and get an alternative. Uh, so I recommend that you go over to YouTube and use our chat room or there are instructions on sonicstate.com forward slash live to use an IRC uh, client as well. So we do hope uh, that you get the chance to join us Uh, and want to say thank you very much everybody hello to the fulsome chat room or not quite as fulsome as usual because obviously we haven't got the full uh, accessibility there but I do apologise for that in advance I want to say thank you to our show sponsors Uh, Isotope will be announcing a winner to gosh a competition that feels like ages ago, it's only a couple of weeks and you'll have a chance to win Isotope Neutron, uh, which is their mixing plugin. So, without further ado, uh, with actually with some further ado, because I've just got one more thing to do before we go, uh, we will start. So, yes, Nam, last week, uh, let's join our guests. So, we'll start in uh, numerical order. We have Mr. Mark Doty, Automatic Gainsay, uh, synth reviewer, and um, I, I guess. Um, uh, public speaker on matter, synth historian, all of those things. How are you, Mark Doty? Are you well? I am very well, and uh, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I haven't been here more often. It's terrible. I'm a bad person. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I, I will look out in the chat room, though, in case anybody thinks. I've noticed actually recently <laughs> since uh, I did uh, an interview with Jim Hayward at, of Synth Memes at, uh, Facebook, at uh, uh, NAM. lovely bloke, uh, he actually did a load of our live blogging for us, uh, and he came along. The first time he'd been to the show, he did a little interview, and I laid out a challenge. I said, well, there are other people you can meme, and I put your name forward. So I'm glad to see there's a couple <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Yes, there were several uh, memes that were generated by that, and uh, they were hilarious. I, I think people are being too nice, to be honest. But yeah. Well, there's always time for that to change. It can switch so easily. You've just got to watch <laughs> out but, and not take it too serious. Anyway, welcome, Mark. Nice to have you aboard. Thank and, you. It's uh, great nice to, to be here. And you're working on some videos at the moment? Uh, yes, I am just finishing up the uh, Korg monologue videos. And uh, I am working on as well the Analog Solutions Mega City, which you can see behind me. Uh-huh. Uh, sequencer videos, which I think some people will find funny because uh, occasionally I complain about step sequencers, but Analog Solutions has, uh, I don't know, it's, it's sort of decided that they're going to change my mind. Tom has changed my mind. Yeah. And actually, I am in love with this thing which is a new and exciting situation for me but yes so i have those two coming up and i'm trying to hassle archuria into giving me a matrix brute i know you have one i do uh, yeah but it looks like that's going to happen so that will probably take the rest of the year that will keep i can concur that will keep you busy every time i've switched on i've just gone wow this is going to be a monster to review but yes it will be done nonetheless anyway thanks for joining us mark we'll move over now to mr rich hilton hiltonius.com keyboard player with chic and all about town man who was recently in uh, la we saw him at uh, the nam show also how are you rich 
I'm very well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. It was lovely to see you. It was really bizarre. Every time we went, every time we did a live stream, you were just there. It's like you've got a like, uh, I don't know what you call that, LADAR, LIDAR? I don't know. It's like... uh, there's almost no way to plan where you're going to be. No, ma'am. exactly. That's what's funny. So- and I wandered in on so many incredible things, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But um, there were moments where I just got up off the floor, wandered into a room, and something incredible happened in front of me. You know, so it was that kind of couple of days for us. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to see, and I'm glad we managed to hook up and uh, get you on board again today as well. So uh, we'll also now let's say hello to Mr. Corey Banks from B Boy Tech Report. How are you, Yo. Corey? Good, man. Good to be here. Excellent. We saw you. Uh, Corey, we see in person once a year. And uh, we, yeah. saw him, we saw him last year. I wish year. I could make it more often. It just so happens <laughs> to fall that way. But I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm happy to have you here. But we actually saw Corey in person at NAM as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, I mean, NAM is such a massive event in the calendar, right? I mean, it's kind of, and there's all sorts of ways that you can come at it, how you feel about it, how it was, how it is. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. felt, it felt less intensely busy more business-like to me and and you know from a press point of view that's great because it means you can get around and you're not kind of fighting your way through hordes of people looking for hairy guys to sign their you know autographs on things so you know that's (laughs) even though there was plenty of that going on it just didn't seem like there was quite as much i'll start with you oh no i won't because i've got got ty unwin i'm so used to having three guests i forgot ty unwin ty unwin look composer and uh and a synth collector you, have we got a slightly different view today on your system. You look like you're facing the opposite side. I just turned it around, simple as that. Ah. I got so sick of that view, so I've just turned it around. Turn it around, and there's, there I can see windows. There are windows, yeah. I didn't realise you had windows. That's not a proper synth cave. It's got windows. <laughs> <laughs> That's to be underground. You've got to have windows. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But how are you, Ty? I guess you were viewing all this from afar. Did you have time to uh, to check out any of the stuff? I mean, impressions from remotely. What were now? Of course. I mean, to be fair, I had no. I don't care what else I was doing. I mean, literally every hour throughout every day, I was checking in again to see what else was on there. So um, it's religious. Of course, you have to do the Nam thing. It's. I mean, ruins your life for three days, but it's great. So um, only three yeah. days. We there for five. Oh bugger! I've misloaded. <laughs> You've lost a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, it was great. yeah, it's interesting there because I think um, Corey was saying before we started uh, the recording that you know it felt like there was less of an event around it because lots of people had actually announced and released things beforehand. So, which I think is actually a good strategy in many ways, because you go, we've got this coming, come and see it at NAM, And then, you know, presumably the trade visitors and all those people will just kind of go, yeah, we want to check that out. That looks like something we might want to stock rather than here's a not quite finished, you know, thing that you might want, you know, how many do you want to buy? Whereas they can, they can check that they get a chance to sort of assess the buzz about it beforehand. And it may, it seems to make sense. So I don't know if that's kind of maybe the way it should be uh, uh, best used as an event. But I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think where to start, really. I mean, impressions. I'll start with you, Mark Doty, because um, you were there and you were there in the centre of Synth City, right? I was, I was, I was uh, helping with STG Sound Labs and Detachment 3, uh, two interrelated companies centered around uh, Suit and Tie Guy, who's been on the show, and Joe Grisso. And uh, so I was working, so, and I, when I'm at NAM, uh, 
in the past, I've been with the Bob Moog Foundation, but this year I was in Modular Central. I tend not to leave the booth very often uh, because I'm afraid I'm going to miss something, and I I don't know. But yeah, this year was different than years past. I think it's kind of like. I don't know. I, I wish there had been more situations where people were revealing amazing synths because really, I think uh, only Dave Smith really did it this year. And with Korg, it's kind of like I felt like, OK, you guys released the monologue. So what's the big thing that you're going to release at NAMM? And then there, there wasn't a big thing. And I was like, oh, well, a last I, when I spoke to Korg beforehand, I said, is there going to be anything exciting? And they said, not as we know, but then again, we didn't expect to see the Volker FM last year, which bizarrely was probably one of the most watched videos that we shot last year just because of the surprise of it. So, yeah, I mean, there is that possibility. But I guess if you're releasing products, you you know, it's just down to the, I guess that only showed up because they happened to have it done in time rather than a plan for it, I suppose. Right. And there's well, I mean, there's been this sort of it's almost like urban myth or mythology of the the notion that they might do the 2600. So I'm always hoping and they won't tell me uh, I have tried in many ways to interrogate them, but have failed every time. But I always kind of hope like suddenly that thing's going to happen. So I, I was hoping that's what would happen this year. But now, ah, well, but uh, yeah, interesting, interesting observations. Um, I don't know. I will come over to you, Corey. Um, from your point of view, I mean, in the pre-show, there are people sort of going, there was just sort of nothing for hip-hop heads, nothing going on. I was thinking, well, surely aren't the NPCs kind of fairly major? <laughs> yeah, that's super major. Super, super major. I mean, what else has got the touch screens? And I mean, just seeing it is exciting. Uh, they, they finally listened to a lot of the feedback that they've been getting for years. And I think they may have gotten this one right. And not to mention, there's a couple other things. I was surprised, um, although we'd heard about it already, I was surprised about the Torres SP-16. I got a chance to check it out. And I was like, wait, this thing is very capable. I, I kind of dismissed it when I first heard it. I'm like, oh, great. Touch part two, yet another one, whatever. I mean, but when I saw it and checked it out, I, I was like, wow, it's pretty capable. And, and if they keep updating it like they plan to, it's going to be good. Um, but so there was a few things, a few things, but, uh, some of the, most of them I'd already heard about, uh, but yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, and, uh, Rich, I mean, you were there also, uh, albeit only for a couple of days, which some might say would be enough, but, uh, it's not, is it? I bet you didn't get around the whole show. I mean, that's probably, that was just what, hall five probably for you, I'd imagine really, wasn't it? Um, no, it was pretty much the whole main floor and a few things upstairs. It was all the things on the main floor I needed to see. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with the flutes and the clarinets. But um, <laughs> did you get downstairs? to me, this kind of thing, especially knowing that you're running around shooting hundreds of videos, this kind of thing has a lot more to do with people than with yeah. things. Now, it has a lot to do with things. Don't get me wrong. And I was really into the things. And I got a list like this of uh, <laughs> things to talk about. But it's more about the fact that I finally got to meet Mark. Unfortunately, I missed Corey. You and I spent some time together. I'm still looking forward to meeting Ty. Um, you know, but but there were so many people I saw and so many things, like I said, that I wandered in on that it was just unbelievably memorable. And add to that that my son came with me, who is about to graduate with his recording degree and nice. go out into the world and yep. try to make something of it. Um, and it was a really cool kind of father-son thing to yeah, do, nice. especially given all that. 
And uh, who knows how many we'll get to do together, you know, and who longs, how long he'll still want to hang out with me. But so far, so good. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, that's that, that was nice. Uh, we, I did, but the, the Amanda from Universal Audio, who's a, a great friend of the uh, of Sonic, we we met her one day and she she brought her mum and her mum had never been to anything like this <laughs> and she she was like and and apparently she had a really good time so it's a, one it's something for everybody okay so Ty from a distance yeah. uh, I, I get I mean we could probably get into sort of highlights really couldn't we from a distance I mean I know you were very excited about the new Dreadbox Abyss which uh, I think we got yeah. that uh, we got a little mm-hmm. bit of it here let me see if I can find a, a vid I got a vid I, I'm trying to see if there's anything I could yeah just bring this up and I've got it yeah, uh, um, oh excellent a new polyphonic synth right yeah our first polyphonic I won't play too much but I'll just show it's blue it's blue because it's the abyss I guess ah, oh, there it is um, let's, let's stop it there because I, that got the best polyphonic of the show for me because it was just so interesting and I'm guessing you probably you may concur with that although you might have chosen the Rev 2 I don't know no actually no not at all uh, I'll, be, I'll be completely honest with you. The Rev Two, um, I the the Prophet 08 was one of those synths that I always wanted to love, and every time I played one, I went with the intention of buying one, and every time I played it, I walked away. It's never a synth that I ever kind of really fell in love with, really. Um, and so for me, mm-hmm. the Rev Two, personally, you know, a kind of sixteen voice poly plus some extra version of an 08 isn't really that interesting. The Dreadbox, on the other hand, um, I think I kind of, I've said to you that I've had one for the last um, month, more than a month now, five weeks. And uh, it is as amazing as you you kind of um, think it is, really. Just, just in terms of character, just in terms of, it sounds, and but you, look, you know how much gear I've got, and I've, I've been getting sounds out of that that I couldn't get on anything else. Or if I could, it would involve a lot of a lot of patch leads and a lot of instruments being plugged into effects pedals into you know other instruments and um but in one little box it's fantastic the character of it the rawness of it i mean it's only one oscillator per voice and it's only four voice poly but what they've done with the modulating of waveforms and uh detuning vibrato yeah that sounded amazing i just saw went, oh my goodness i've never heard anything like that before <laughs> And that's why I, I, I've, so I've spent five weeks with it and every single time I came out of it just going, I've never heard anything like that before. It's, it's a fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not the most complicated analog synth in the world. No, it's actually, you know, on it's the just, surface, that, it's just those little twists, isn't it? Those sort of things that, that kind of make it, make it kind of like, Ooh, that's interesting. Agreed. It's the twists and it's the combinations of, of uh, features that have been put on. And you're thinking, I can't think of any other synth that's got this combination of these particular features. It's so, it's unique as a little instrument. I mean, mine, mine had to go back yesterday only because the one I got was a prototype. So it's kind of had to go back to have all the revisions and, and made all nice and shiny and to come back. But honestly, it's only been gone a day, two days, and I'm missing it. Oh, isn't that, isn't that sweet? But I mean, but talking to, you know, the Rev 2 did come up. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, I don't know how the heck they did it. I mean, I think I mentioned before that I don't know what sort of uh, duress a Dave Smith uh, instrument employees are under not to leak anything or whether they've just got, he just, he just garners this fantastic sense of loyalty because he's such a nice bloke. I, I suspect it's that rather than anything else. But, you know, bang, there you go, 16. And not only that, I mean, the 
the price point. I've dropped it. Right, so I think it's nineteen hundred dollars, and they've dropped the profit 08 down to is it twelve or something? Which seems to me fourteen. Eh? Fourteen. A hundred dollars seems mm. to be a kind of direct response to kind of the new price point that the deep mine has kind of thrown into the mix as well. And I just thought that's that's kind of a bit. I mean, sixteen voice analog poly for that price. I mean, it just seems unthinkable. You'd never have thought anything about. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you get any of you get a chance to play with it? I did. I, yeah, I checked oh, it out. You did. Okay, you were there first. Okay, oh, okay. that's cool. So, I, I mean, I, I think the new the, the things that it's got new that I I managed to sort of garner from uh from the video. And I mean, I shot the video, and I, I still can't remember because my short term memory is shot after a show like that. Uh, wave shape modulation and eight mod slots at. at you know, already, and I think it's also got the uh, split or layer kind of scenario going on as well, right? Yeah, it's got the split layers. Also has effects, which the original P8 did, the P08 didn't have, um, and a few other things. And I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm on the same thing with uh, the the Prophet 08. I had the Prophet 08 for a while, and I got it because you know it's the Prophet 08. I thought well, it was, I it was the first, it. wasn't it? Analog Poly that was analog. Was that right? Yeah. The, yeah, uh, and it, I had it for a good while, and there was just something about the tone that didn't that I didn't get on with. After a while, I just kind of was like, "Well, all right, I gotta I gotta sell it." So, you know, I'm not that you know into the the Rev Two, but I can say they made some great revisions to it. I, I like the revisions that they did to it, but I still think it kind of has that same tone that doesn't really appeal to me. Though it's a little warmer, though it's a little more warm, but it still doesn't. Really what about to the um, the Pioneer slash Dave Smith uh, AS One? Did you get a chance to check that out? Yeah, check that out. I think that thing is dope. Uh, I, I can't wait to really get it in my hands and really, really, uh, you know, just kind of explore it. So here, here's the the thing, right? If it's if that's one voice of the Prophet Six and the Pro One uh, was one voice of the Prophet Five, does that make this kind of like the desktop version new Pro One for 2017? <laughs> Interesting thought. It may, yeah, I suppose. Hmm. I mean, I must admit, because um, we didn't have an awful lot of monosynths to choose from. I mean, there was the Dreadbox Nicks, and I just thought I can't give the award for best mono and best poly to the same guy. That would just seem a little bit. And I, and I, and I wasn't sure, because it looks like, you know, a kind of uh, just a, a, a groove box kind of thing, you know, like a, a monologue or something like that. Sorry, a mini, mini, yeah, mono, monotron, but bigger. <laughs> And uh, and then I went to have a listen, and it was like, whoa, that is actually really it. It sounded great. Did you get a chance yeah. to check that, Rich? Or have you got something else on your list? So I've got tons of things on my list. <laughs> um, I did not get to check that out. I did see it as I went by, and then I watched your video on it. And I was really impressed, again, with products that are crossing the line between music creation and uh, – and DJ style music creation, I should say. So not really music creation, but the recording studio and the live performance venue and as it relates to these instruments. And I thought it was a really, really cool and versatile interface for people to use to make music really creatively in a hurry in a live setting along with other things that were going on in their line. And it just it looks like a really cool product to me. Yeah, and but I, that wasn't on my list. I mean, ah. this is deep. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, okay. Well, um, while we got you, uh, uh, what's at the top of your yeah. list then, Rich? Gosh, the top. Well, I think uh, the award for the most surprising product was that synthesizer that that kid designed. Oh since yeah, he was oh, 15. there we go. The that uh, basic that sounds 
so much like an OBX, it like almost knocked me off of my chair. I couldn't believe it. That's it really sounds great. And he's got some very cool interface, hardware interface ideas. That colored strip that runs down the middle of the thing yep. that shows you the level of a, of a rotary digital encoder that, is that, a very, that. very clever interface idea. I like it even better than putting lights around the knob. You know, to simulate the uh, the activity of a, like an analog uh, potentiometer. Um, so I really like his interface ideas. I dig his enthusiasm, and the thing sounds amazing. It did, and sound good. Uh, has stereo, which I thought was interestingly missing from quite a few products that I uh, looked at this weekend. And it doesn't seem like it's really made it into the modular world that much. Stereo paths. It seems like you have to duplicate things a lot to get things into stereo. That's and, true. Um, and I was really impressed with the way he implemented stereo into what was otherwise a pretty mono architecture from the original concept. And he's just a very clever yeah. fellow. I don't know if anybody's ever going to own one, but uh, that would be the most surprising product. And then there's just <laughs> a whole ton of stuff. The Dreadbox was cool. Uh, McDS piece, tape delay, uh, AirCam's spatial processor blew oh, yeah. me away. I actually bought, I don't know if you can see it back there, Keyscape, because it was on sale, and I knew I was going to end up getting it eventually anyway. So, uh, And Eric is such a sweet guy. Uh, Analog Solutions was cool. Pittsburgh is always interesting. And there's a new Roland RD stage piano, which you guys may know. Yeah, no, I think that was something that I've... Well, maybe I can pause you there, and we can just come back. Did anyone else get the chance to see the sheer electronics? This is the guy, uh, Jacob, I think he's called Jacob Breakspear. He was quite uh, a serious and focused young man. I mean, he's 18, right? Uh, Let me say, he's 18. He started making this thing when he was 15, and he was on the stand with his mum, who was really, <laughs> who was really, really nice, by the way. And they just basically—I mean, obviously, she's got a lot of belief and faith in the guy, and I'm sure it must have. But I, I think you're right to a degree. I mean, it's—he's already talking. It's going to be three thousand four hundred bucks, something like that. I mean, it's—it's going to be, yeah. or it's almost. It's almost irrelevant that you can't buy it at the moment. It's just the fact that there's this guy in the world, and this is what he's done. That's so cool that I really yes. liked about it. I know. Did uh, did you see that, Mark? I didn't, and I feel terrible because people kept walking by going, Mark, have you seen this? And I've been like, no, I don't know anything about it. And I had probably five people demand that I go see it, and I didn't. So, uh, yeah. I, is it analog? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. completely oh, screen. Yeah, but it wasn't – the thing was is it was over in uh, – because the, the thing – this is the other thing about NAM that's changed is previously – the zoning was a little bit more haphazard, but because of the sort of rise of the synth market, it's kind of created this delineation of there are synths in this area here, and he wasn't in that area there. He was some way over and at the back because obviously, you know, first time in, that seems to be the case. You know, first show you do, you don't always get your best slot unless you're shoehorning on someone else's booth and just showing there. And I guess all of this stuff is new to him and his family. You know, it's just, that's the way it goes. So I'm really glad. I want to say thanks to Alex from Source Distribution for letting me know about this. And we managed to get over there and film something. I would also add that, and this is something that Jacob said to me, was, look, I forgot to take the reverb off it. I hope that's okay. Because he had a, he had this, basically he had two of these things and a table a little crappy mixer and a Lexicon 480L. <laughs> just kind of, so yeah, I mean, but which is very now, but it's still, you could still hear what was going on, but it, I just thought it was kind of sweet that he wanted to 
wanted to make sure that that was known but it did i don't think it makes much difference i mean it's still it sounded great and it, it's got some really good ideas in it uh i know everybody's speculating ty whether you will be one of the only two owners of one of these things or whether it will make it to production i mean i think there's a lot of things in there that are going to be difficult for him to mass produce because of it's expensive to do you know high res encoders and glass gorilla glass panels and all of that stuff I kind of agree. I have to be honest. I've contacted him. I put my name on the waiting list. But, <laughs> that's but, awesome. But, only, but, you know, as you say, that's if it makes it into production. And um, it, it looks interesting. I mean, it does look interesting. Whether it's ever going to get to market exactly the same way. I, I, you know, I agree with Rich about the encoder thing with the light. I agree. I think that's a fantastic idea. The only issue I have with that is you're limited to you can only use one knob at a time which kind of oh is... i don't know whether you can you I... can only see you one knob at a time so but yes i get your point but that yeah. was the only thing that was the only thing i could kind of find fault with i have to say i thought the form factor was a bit too kind of 1982 for me in terms of what? the way but, yeah, I know, <laughs> too much 1982 but it did look very kind of early home computer kind of thing but as exactly as everyone said it sounded exactly as it should sound and discrete components are going to cost money and it sounded expensive. You know, it sounded great. So um, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that, I, I loved it. I thought that was great. That, that was a that was a good one for me as well. Excellent. I hope you get one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, Anybody's going to get one. I figure it's probably you. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So, Corey. What's top of your list then that perhaps we haven't discussed it yet? Um, you know, I'm really interested in one thing that I didn't even get to hear, but I just think is an interesting concept and I, I kind of know what this product sounds like. Uh, Soulsby at Multitron. Ah, the, yes. The six, yeah, the, I think it's called at Multitron. Six it's voice six digital. Voice, yeah, six voice, eight bit digital synthesizer. I think that's going to be interesting. He says... You know, when he's been uh, testing it, it sounds sort of like a, a wavetable at, at points and sort of like other stuff at points. So I think that'll be interesting. But he says he's still like 18 months out on it. Um, I, I thought it was dope to see uh, a Qubit with a full system, a full Eurorack system now. That was cool. And uh, more than anything, I was hoping, but we didn't get a chance to. Yeah, that's it. That's At Multitron. Yeah. yeah, at Multitron. Yeah, very have cool. You got the, have you seen, because I've got, um, what's it, at Megatron or something, the mono version of that. Have you seen that? I, have seen mono... that. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, at least not in my own studio, but I, I like the way it sounds. It's kind of like that chiptune type of deal. Yeah. Ah, it's cool. a great box. It is a great little box. It's, you know, kind of, I think it's only like a couple of hundred quid or something, and it's really, mm -hmm. it's really good. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. No. So, um, anything else while we've got you, Corey? So the Soulsby stuff. So you, 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 you're you've been bitten hard by that modular bug. I can tell. Oh, modular stole twenty sixteen from me. That's that should be a T-shirt. Modular stole twenty sixteen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> modular stole I my life. Yeah, yeah. It I literally put my head into modular. I woke up and it was Nam time in 2017. <laughs> so that's kind of my summary of 20, 2016. So yeah, I've, I've kind of gotten into it. So yeah, the double helix by uh, Pittsburgh modular. I'm interested yeah. to see that. 
But the one thing overall that I was hoping we'd get a chance to touch that was a surprise at NAMM was the uh, Electron Digitac. Ah, yeah. Uh, I think... Yeah. Uh, oh, I can I can drop that into the browser and we can have a look at that. Yeah, the, that was a, a surprise. And the, the thing is that uh, I know uh, Cenk at... Uh, uh, electron reasonably well and he was re- i could tell he was like hopping about on foot to foot he was so excited by this thing uh we did it uh, although he wouldn't let me go straight to it he showed me all of this overbridge update stuff which was interesting but i think ultimately what people wanted to get their teeth into was this this thing here the digitact which is uh a sampling drum machine a sample playback uh, eight channel drum machine with a, a, a slightly bigger display uh it looks like i think you could it's got a gigabyte of storage and i think it does if, it, if i remember did it do 60 seconds of sampling no it was it was more than that it was like it was a bunch of sampling so that and uh, together with effects it's pure digital but the big news on that is i think they're hoping it's going to be was it around six or seven hundred euros which is for electron gear is very affordable but so you're right i think they didn't switch i mean it's obviously switched on in that picture but it wasn't making a noise i don't know if you heard any different no, nah, I didn't get a chance to hear it, but I will tell you what they did do to me at that booth is that since I have a rhythm, um, I went over and I made some beats on a rhythm. It was connected to heat, and I love the heat so much <laughs> that I went and bought it the next day. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to happen a bunch, that, actually. It's one of those things that uh, it was a kind of marketing conundrum, wasn't it? Because it's like it's just a box that does some stuff that I probably don't need. And then you hear it and go, mm, actually, uh, that's really good. So, yeah, oh, well, that's yeah. great. So one satisfied cut. I hope you got a deal. Yeah, I got a deal. I Excellent. A deal. That's but the good news. I did you. not get a chance to hit a Digitac, which I had, though. But you know, Well, we're no hoping problem. we'll see some of that in uh, in terms of, I guess, in, in Superbooth, if not before. Okay, Mark, uh, over to you. Your top, your, your, your top picks. Um, I'm going to have to say I have two things. Uh, number one, and this will seem like bias, but it's not. Uh, I was at the Detachment 3 booth, but uh, Detachment 3 is putting out a reproduction of the CS80 ring modulator. And it's called the spinner. And it's really important to me because, like, for all of the synthesizers I've ever played and throughout the entirety of electronic music history, you know, the ring modulator is is like this iconic device. But to be honest, I've always thought that it just sounded like garbage. I mean, it's like a lot of weird noises, you know. (laughs) But the cool thing about the CS80 was they made it so that you could actually interact with the ring modulator in expressive ways. And I always liked that. So Detachment 3 is making a small desktop version of it that had uh, even more functionality. And I love that idea because it really takes the concept of the ring modulator and makes it an expressive uh, instrument as opposed to just a interesting laboratory, you know, sound effect. And I really liked that. And then the other thing that some, like I was walking along and this, this guy comes up to me and he goes, Hey, Mark Doty, which happens to me sometimes. And I always feel like a deer in the headlights. I'm like, yes. Is is it what I said about the TX seven? But, uh, (laughs) He came up to me and he said, uh, you're interested in electronic music history, aren't you? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, uh, well, you need to come see our Aunt Martineau. And I'm like, what? And so this company in Japan called uh, – actually, I'm not sure what it's called. Uh, they have recreated uh, an Aunt Martineau. It's, it's a smaller scale, uh, but they call it the Aunt Domo, and they've reproduced it like, like authentic, authentic – 
differently. And it's amazing. They had a woman there playing it and they were way off to the side, not with the synthesizers at all, but the thing looks and plays amazingly. And it's really exciting to me that that instrument, which was so important in the history of synthesizers is being remade and people are starting to pick them up and starting to buy them. And the guy hand makes them, which is unfortunate because then, you know, you're going to have limitations in regard to, uh, availability, but uh, are they doing, really are they doing all the speakers and systems for it as well? They had some there, but I don't think they were the ones. Uh, I don't think they were making them because you know other people have recreated those, but I'm not entirely sure on that. Yeah, they. Uh, we. I remember we did a, a thing with um, well, the old ones, and it was I. I. I oh gosh, Charles Hazelwood. Uh, with the uh the guy who did all the thunderbirds music and there was on martinet in that and they were they took us round and, and he had the, the the gong tweeter and the bass mm-hmm. unit and the resonant strings and all that it's just like ooh, that's just looks so much fun actually that reminds me i that there was one thing that i did see there was a a, a lady in the roland booth who was coming on stage and she was <laughs> she was carrying a harp like a full-size concert harp <laughs> and it was like in a soft case and I was going man that looks like such a difficult instrument to bring into a show like this and how do you try have you got like a flight case for it she said yeah it goes in a really big box as well as this you know so anyway that's uh, that's kind of slightly random wow. but but actually rich now you come to mention it that um, I should take it back to the uh, Roland uh, RD 2000 2000 which yeah. is what we got we we shot a little bit with ed diaz and i have to mm-hmm. say you know i mean people don't tend to get all that excited by stage pianos but this seems like a really pretty big deal because it's got v piano engine it's got uh the sns engine as well so you get this classic kind of sample based rolling things but it's also got this massive amount of control layer so you've got eight eight nine faders a rotary encoder so you can integrate it with your stage setup spit things out for a usb or um midi i mean he showed it with main stage and i just thought that is such a smart idea and, and i guess you were saying you sort of you briefly mentioned it but it is pretty cool and it's the same price as the first one was, which is, I think, $2,400, which seems like a lot of money. But actually, the first one was like 20 years ago or something, you know, so it's maintained its price and feature, but the, but the features have gone up. Is that something you'll be well, looking for? Uh, absolutely, because um, whereas up to this point, the RD products limited you to a maximum of four Rompler sources across a layout, split and layered, however you prefer them and transposed and all that, but it's still essentially a rompler and you're basically layering and mixing together things that they provide you. And they've gone from four of those to eight of those, which is huge in terms of the architecture. I mean, literally since, Oh, around the 2000 mark, I know. And maybe before these things have had only four and that's all you could do. And, uh, the fact that they've made it eight is huge to me. And, uh, also, they've basically, and I have to say, at some point I knew this was coming, they basically put the V-Piano in it and said, here, <laughs> take it. Yeah, sure, we used to sell it for five grand, but take it. Yeah, that's so, quite a big uh, deal. You add that to the mix, and also all of those features that Ed was just showing about how it could be used simultaneously as a sound source and a master keyboard and how you can arrange and split and layer and have all of that available in those eight zones – um, it's a pretty significant upgrade and apparently reads their, uh, live sets from their previous model, which was the RD 800, which is the one I reviewed for keyboard magazine. 
So, yes, I'm quite excited about this. I'm looking forward to it. I still wish they'd put the darn smaller string section that I use in it, but I can make it work. And uh, <laughs> I quite like it. So uh, I expect I'll be using it sometime before the end of the year. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've just realized that we're more than halfway through the show and I've neglected to uh, play the, uh, the, the, the message from our sponsors. So if you'd all like to take a, a breather, I'll just uh, bring that forth. So uh, obviously Isotope are our sponsors of the show and we're going to play a short little video about our Neutron, which of course is their mixing plug-in and analysis uh, suite of tools which allows you to really uh, get inside a mix sort of visually really interesting approach um, as you know uh, with the mix assistant it sort of tells you where the conflicting frequencies are analyzes the kind of tracks that you're using and suggests kind of approaches that you could do to separate them out and it's, it's the, the, the first masking meter which is what we're looking at here as well as that, you get the track assistant, which gives you the uh, ability to <laughs> recognise the kind of tracks and kind of say, here's a suggestion that we might offer for, if this is a bass track, try this. And for the most people that I know that have tried it, they say it's absolutely amazing and it really helps them kind of visualise and work on certain parts of the mix that sometimes are a little bit hard to maybe read just purely from your monitors maybe you're not at your favorite monitors and you're having to deal with something less you can get some visual help there as ever there's a download demo uh, which you can download and check out uh, isotope.com forward slash neutron and we thank them very much for their sponsorship of the show and we should say that we do actually have after all this time we uh, we, we had a competition at the last sonic talk and we've got a winner for that uh, the winner this week is uh, ah, that's interesting. I seem to have deleted his name from this, so that's rather... Ah, Beardslap. There we go. Beardslap underscore is at Al Beardslap. Uh, he tweeted the hashtags that we suggested in the last <laughs> the last uh, version of the Sonic Talk podcast. So if you want to get in touch, uh, Isotope will be able to drop a copy of Neutron into your inbox and you'll be able to enjoy it forever. And also, we should say, um, we have another competition this week, and all you have to do is tweet the hashtag MixItBetter, which is one, one word, MixItBetter, and the hashtag Neutron, that's N-E-U-T-R-O-N, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag MixItBetter and the hashtag Neutron. This is a Twitter competition to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And we will pick a winner from next week. And once again, we thank Isotope for their sponsorship of the show. Phew, glad we got that sorted out. Um, I should probably, uh, let's see, I've just obscured all of my, uh, I, I'll tell you one thing I did after all the talk about, uh, you know, MacBooks and what I bought a MacBook Pro 2017. So I went to the Apple briefing. I got invited to, uh, to an Apple briefing and, um, which I always feel like is an honor somehow, but it's never quite, you know, it's the Apple thing of like, if we talk to you, then you must be worth something, but that's all you're going to get from us kind of scenario. But they were really helpful. And they showed me the 2017 models, showed me the touch strip, which I thought contextual buttons. I kind of wasn't sure about that, but I, I actually blew my mind. And I just thought, wow, that is awesome. And especially if you consider that you could maybe program those things yourself to do contextual stuff. And they showed me that working with Logic. And it was like, wow. So you can stick all of those kind of key commands and put custom icons in and have all sorts of layers of it. And the power of the thing kind of made me somewhat crazy. And ordinarily, I wouldn't 
be sold by this sort of thing. But I also coincided with uh, Rich, who was our uh, guitar um, reporter when we were doing more guitar stuff. He said, I've got a mate in Apple. He says, if you want to buy anything, he can, you can pick it up at the Santa Monica store and he can get you a discount. And it was just like, oh. There go kind of several major uh, issues with why I wouldn't buy one. And I, yeah, so I overstretched my credit limit and bought myself a 2017 15-inch and uh, and a bunch of dongles, I will admit. But that's my that's my guilty secret. I don't know if anybody else had any guilty secret. I know, Rich, you said you bought the uh, the Keyscape uh, and, and you bought the, uh, um, the Heat. And Ty, you, you bought or put yourself down for a sheer Relic 6. So, Mark... What did you come away with from the show that you paid for? Absolutely nothing, man. I'm the odd man out. Uh, yeah, no, I, there wasn't anything that I, I bought as a result of the show, unfortunately. Ah, well, that's all right. Okay, well, let me put this. What would you like to have bought or bought or, or will buy if you get the opportunity? Uh there were two things. One of them was the on Domo that are on Martineau duplication. Definitely. I would love to have one of those and learn how to play it effectively. That's, that's quite a commitment I'm guessing right there, but well, yeah. actually it's not that expensive either. Uh, the price I was quoted was, uh, under $2,000 for this handmade completely analog reproduction that's pretty, of an on Martineau. That's pretty reasonable. That's pretty reasonable. Okay, well that's the, that gets you off the hook there. I know, Rich, you've got uh, Keyscape. What about hardware? Is there anything that you kind of think, you know what, I might check that out, given the opportunity? Oh, he's muted. Uh-oh. Somebody take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> In a somewhat more mundane area, I'm looking, uh, I've been working very hard on this Roly keyboard that I got. Yeah. I'm looking for a... Uh, rig through which to reproduce it in a small live setting not specifically thought of for the chic thing but just in general to have as something i can take out and use and so i spend a bunch of time shopping things that amount to being basically small pas um so like i said slightly mundane one of the other coolest things i saw that will appeal to only a few of you is called sound tap by ue i don't know that Uh, what this thing does is it's, it ex, it's a stage box that accepts signals at any level, uh, line level, speaker, le- amplified speaker level. It will take in pretty much anything you might have on the spa- stage, pass that through the box, and spit out headphones with a, contr- with a volume control. Ah. So I've, I've come across a few situations in my professional life lately where – the RF is such in a given place that trying to get decent wireless reception at my spot on stage, given where it's being projected from, proves to be a nightmare throughout the entire show. And I'm sort of playing blind some of the show, and it's very difficult. And this thing could solve a whole lot of problems in situations where RF is difficult for us. So uh, that was one of the most exciting things I saw, too. And while I forgot the microphone for one second, I want to tell you that literally a couple of dozen or more people walked up to me in those two days I was there who told me that they listened to this podcast and how much they enjoy it and how much it means to them. And some of these guys like waited a half an hour while I talked to people 
to, to, you know, to be able to tell me this. And I just want to thank those people so much and tell them how much it moved me and how appreciative I am of our audience and of the fact that people actually listen to these things that we say and care about them. And uh, really, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was tremendous. No, I think that's a, that's totally a, that's agree. a well a well said point. I, I, in fact, I, um, there are a couple of people who I said it, I, I bumped into who said they discovered it. You know, maybe halfway through last year, and they now caught up on all 478 or wow. 79 episodes. And you wow. know, it's really interesting how. Um, People kind of get to know you. Um, it's a, it's one sided, obviously, but there's still is sort of somebody comes up and they've kind of they've, they've invested all that time in listening to whatever, and you kind of feel like you know them or that they're cool because they haven't switched off and they obviously get you know. Do you know what I mean? You get an affirmation that you're perhaps not as much of a jerk as you thought you were, or whatever it may be, you know, or you're presentable or what. And I think that's really nice to get that. So I mean, you must get that as well, Mark, because I mean, you know, particularly on the synth booth with all of your stuff going on there. I mean, that's that is one one aspect that you know, of the show that is quite a nice ego boost and a not, and humbling at the same time, right? It's true. It, it is really cool. And it's nice to be able to actually talk to people because there is like, when I'm demonstrating, there is a certain persona that is my demonstrating persona. And when I'm being obnoxious on forums, there's another persona. But I've actually had people say, wow, you seem like, like a nice guy in person. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's really good. And I had people come up to me, too, who said they were introduced to me through this podcast. And it was really, it's really great. Excellent. Um, Ty, I haven't heard from you for a little while now. I feel like we're leaving you out a little bit because we're with the Nam gang, as it were. Yeah. But uh, so uh, did I already ask you what you, you said, the relic, uh, anything else that's perhaps more attainable or something that came out that you thought, Hey, that's cool. And I'd, I'd like to check the loads. Okay. Have you got a list? Well, no, I, d I don't have a list, but things that, I mean, the, the thing we've, we've kind of skipped over is we've got to come back to the MPC. We have to come back to the MPC. Hold on a sec. That. I've just got a little bit of it. Great. Um, so uh, we've got to come back to the MPC. Yes. Um, because that's, for me, that's a that's a, a biggie. That is that is a biggie. Um, but things like, uh, we haven't mentioned the Oberheim, the SEM, the SEM X. Yes, that's true. I bought, just for Christmas, I bought a two-voice pro. <sighs> Having spoken to Mark, actually, so thanks for that, Mark. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I've and, and so to see that in a Eurorack format is uh, is quite exciting um, because they do sound they do sound they amazing. do yeah they absolutely do so so that's good um, but yeah I mean there, there are lots of little things um, but I mean the MPC for me was was a, a kind of fairly major one because. I mean, I've said this so many times that I used to be a big MPC user and um, I've had various from the 60 to 3000 and uh, 2000 XL and the 4000. And, and then I kind of moved into machine. I've got a machine studio and I've got a push. But all the time, there's just something in there that I know for a fact the best stuff that I ever did was sequencing on an MPC. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I will quite happily accept that the best music I ever wrote was me an MPC and a rack full of gear. And so as exactly as Corey said, it looks to me like they finally, finally got it right with this MPC. Yeah. Well, we get, we gave them the best in show, you know, cause it's just, it was, I, I just thought that it, it's pretty easy to kind it was a pretty easy. You know, it's, it's one of the few things that, you know, I, I literally saw it and just thought, okay, that's fine. I, I have to have one of those. 
I mean, I know people think that I just buy stuff for buying stuff. I don't. You know, everything is... Everything it's for a reason. Everything earns its place. <laughs> but that was the only thing that, I'll be honest with you, at this moment in time, I have no reason for it to be able to earn its place because I don't need another hardware, you know, kind of... But you're going to get one. Like I just... <laughs> I've got to. I've, I'm not genuinely because I know... I want it to try and adjust when I'm writing that kind of track. I want to go back to an MPC environment rather than a machine studio environment. So interesting. Very excited about that. I think interesting. the spec on it is incredible. So yeah, well, I think that I think where we're going to see this a lot is not necessarily MPC users, but people who want to play live and need some playback and a few sample triggers who aren't necessarily into making, you know, genre specific music. It's just like, hey, I can take this. And I can perform live, I can have my backing vocal stems maybe, I can do some other things, and I can play on top of it. And they'll probably, you know, they probably won't use half the features, but the fact that it, you know, is there in the world and it's not a laptop, I think is going to do, do masses for them. I mean, I'm thinking about it for my setup. I think, well, if I don't have to have a sequencer, I don't have to have a sample, I could just basically run certain things. Maybe, you know, if I've got to do a gig somewhere where I can't take the Dominion one on a plane or, you know, whatever, the Erebus won't tune up because it's going to be hot, whatever, I could sample those things and I, I could play. And I'm guessing, Corey, it's probably, the, yeah, it's probably the same thing for you as well, right? Sorry. Certainly, Ty. certainly. I'm a huge, huge, you know, MPC user. I mean, anybody knows that if you've ever seen my Instagram page, I mean, it's all MPC pics. It's kind of disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that and modular, so... To that point, having CV on an MPC is mind-blowing. It's crazy. I, I would have never imagined that. But the idea that in, in modular, what sequencers cost, I mean, $600, five, $600 on average, and, and then what uh, Eurorack uh, samplers are costing, and they're just not the same as, like, box, groove box type samplers. I mean, this is a, a good marriage of a lot of great features. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I, I tried it out. Um, everything feels pretty solid and seems good. I, I can't wait to get it, man. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I think that's, uh, you know, as we say, it's a, it's a well worth. The other thing I wanted to mention briefly, um, did you see, I don't suppose you saw this video, you may well not. This is basically uh, the guys at Traction who are now called Wave Lab, I think. Uh, oh gosh, I hope I've got that right. Um, this is Woody, who I've known for a very long time. But you see those two little devices there? They are... Uh, single systems running on Raspberry Pis in sort of custom cases. So there's the Traction DAW running on uh, that big guy touchscreen there with a little wireless keyboard on this. And there's a single instance of uh, one of the uh, plugins that they do. Is it Biosphere, I think it's called? And then, so single instance plugin running on like $25, $30 hardware is a really interesting concept as well. I mean, these were kind of proof of concept, but they were thinking, what should we do? Should we pursue this? And I was thinking, actually, that might not be a bad idea. You know, you get a Pi, an interface, it's an instrument, bang, it's, you know, this big. It, it, that's kind of interesting stuff as well. I know, Rich, you, you, you look like you're itching to get in there. <laughs> I was just thrilled at the idea of, multiple tracks of digital recording in a $35 computer. Yeah. That's just amazing to me because that what it portends is all good in terms of, you know, availability of technology, which is already pretty darn proliferated anyway, but it's just, it makes, think about what we used to have to do, you know, I know. To, it's to just, record uh, multi That is kind of mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty funny when you think about it like that. Absolutely. 
And it's also something that's not an iPad or an iOS device. I like the fact that, you know, if it gets some traction, uh, if you'll excuse the pun, it, it, it's just going to be an alternative because at the moment, most people are just going, that's the only thing I'm likely to use, you know, outside the box. Although, But there are some other interesting things. I, actually, one other thing that came up was uh, we use this. I went to see Samson and they did this thing, which is basically uh, that guy there is a radio oh. a radio mic receiver that goes into lightning. Mm-hmm. Two channels. You can buy two mics or just one mic. And it's, you know, it's just low power, but it means that you could do this whole kind of thing. We use that for the live stream on a couple of occasions and you can flip it into, you can flip it into one mic down each channel or a stereo mix of both mics. And it's six hour battery. Does it also have a lavalier mic? Yeah. Well, there's, it it comes when you buy it uh, or when you, when it's, it's not available yet. They very kindly gave us a prototype just to to field test and give some feedback on. Uh, You can have a a lavalier mic, a shotgun mic or a stick mic. And then you can buy another one of those. So you could buy two and they can be whichever of those. And I think it's that the price they're projecting roughly is, I think it's 249 for a two channel system. One's nice. 179 for one mic and one transmitter. I mean, it's not going to be any good for trade shows where there might be 20 people with those because it's not true diversity. It'll only handle a certain number of channels in a given space. But for stuff that's outside of that environment, it could be a really, you know, and we, we used it for live stream because we had this massive rig, which was great. And we had to clip the zoom on it and it, it was all a bit cumbersome. And then, then we just got that and it was just like, wow, that's, that's so cool. We, the live stream yeah, cool. just came out of that, which was very nice. Um, I was thinking if there's any other uh, things that we should mention. There's one thing that there's actually two things that I had on my list here. The, yeah, the yeah, Zeta Ohm. Did you hear about the the Zeta Ohm Flux? I think it's Flux S1 or Flux One sequencer for for modular. That's pretty dope. I mean, it looks great. Um, I saw him both at NovCon and at NAM, and and I thought it was a dope sequencer. Uh, and and the knobs, the the buttons, are like some sort of weird mold. Is, is that thing. it? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that looks like Space Invaders. It does. <laughs> and he's a cool guy too. That thing is is pretty nice. I've I've been kind of watching as he develops that. And the other thing, I guess I'm kind of into this year at Nam things that don't make sound yet or that I haven't heard. <laughs> so the other <laughs> thing is <laughs> the Maleco boxes. Ah, uh, yes, I was I was looking for that video because they are the ones that are basically re. Uh, they're kind of in the form of. Um, uh, Two MC two hundred two, kind of thing. I think is this a video here? And, and you know they're based on the Variegate Eight, so the, that's a sequencer that they made for Modular. This and, these guys, yeah. There we yeah, go. Exactly. They weren't making a sound, but that, so there's a MC two hundred two style thing, and yeah, that's uh, in conjunction with Harvestman. There was a lot of interest around those. A lot of interest. They look kind of really fun. Really interested in those, and they were kind of sitting on the back table. You kind of had to whisper a password to get over there to see them and touch the velvet, them. <laughs> the velvet rope. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, there was one other thing. I, I don't know if uh, a couple of years ago we did Yamaha um, did uh, a forty years of synthesizers, and we did this brilliant. Uh, well, I didn't do it. It was it was actually Avery Burdett who did the brilliant bit where he took us around all of the synths and opened them up and gave us a little bit of history. And it was it was excellent. And I got the same sort of thing. It's th- apparently this year is thirty years of uh, uh, digital mixers. And so I spoke to uh, John. 
let me see. I think of John Shower. I think if that's how you pronounce it, and they had a not quite so fulsome, um, not but you know DMP seven, DMP eleven, Pro Mix one, <laughs> all of these mixes, and it just I just thought. He was such a lovely bloke, and he joined the company at the same time as they released their first digital mixer. So we got a lot of insight and history, and it was just, it, it was really a great pleasure to talk to somebody who had that kind of level of integration. And I owned kind of quite a lot of those mixers. I owned a Pro Mix 01, O3D, and, and we've got a DM1000 here, but you know, all of those things. And the DMP7 was one of the first kind of digital mixers that you could get. I mean, it was cruddy as hell and only, you know, really noisy. But for the facilities that it, it offered were awesome. And it was just, it was really good. If you get a chance to check that out, it's just a bit of a kind of uh, nostalgia vibe. But he was such a lovely bloke. Um, and that was kind of cool. Did I mean, you, you said, Rich, that it was a people's thing. Who was the, who was your most enjoyable chance meeting with? You, Nick. Ah, oh, well, every day. <laughs> every day yeah um it was great to meet mark it was it was i mean you know i have been in this business for more years than i'd care to count and as it turns out you meet a lot of people along the way and it was it was hundreds of people i spoke to and some of whom i hadn't seen in decades and some of whom i've seen you know at every trade show ever since so um to pick even yeah. one, there were a few famous guys we walked up on. I met not one but two keyboard players from the band Yes, for example. Well, um, cool. <laughs> uh, you know, Herbie Hancock was there. You just you'd run up on people. At one point, I was saying we wandered. We wandered into the Roland booth after lunch on Friday, and who's on stage but Billy Cobham playing a set of V drums with Scott Tibbs on piano and. Jerry Brooks on bass, and they're doing these classic Billy Cobham songs. And then my old buddy Omar Hakim comes out and starts interviewing him and talking about how important the Mahavishnu Orchestra was to him. And of course, Omar and I have had that conversation a million times, and we used to sound check on one of their tunes. So um, it was really fun to see these two giants of drumming on the same stage talking about this stuff, one of whom happens to be a friend of mine, and the other of whom happens to be somebody I idolize. So that was cool, you know, and uh, I enjoyed my time with my Roly friends. Those guys, the Parisi brothers, are just still ridiculous musicians and can execute things on uh, the seaboard and on the blocks that are just mind-boggling. And I really enjoyed that. I got to see Jordan Rudess play uh, in the Roly booth as I didn't, well, and I that didn't was do, fun. We, we normally have a competition about who can first spot Jordan Rudess, and I must admit, I didn't actually... <laughs> I saw him I didn't spot him this time. He, wasn't he was as, around uh, Roly quite a bit. And, ah, he uh, wasn't as omnipresent as usual. He did a sort of a star thing in the Roly booth, and he was very good. And uh, those guys supported him really well. And uh, I don't know. It was just so much fun. And like I said, the whole thing about being a father-son kind of outing for us was uh, another whole layer of cool. Yeah, no, that so, sounds really nice. Really nice. And a mark that I, I'm sure, you know, it's it's hard to remember, to be honest. I mean, I think I had a conversation with you on the way back. We walked back from the show one night and right. I said, hey, this guy came up to me. I, I'm trying to find his car because I can't remember his name. And he he just said, oh, I'm really big fan of the podcast. And I think he's he's also on a podcast called Audio Now. And he gave me his card and it said just says Disney head of audio. And I just thought, oh my right. God. <laughs> That's like <laughs> We both met that guy. Yeah, that was totally weird. I have his card too. Yeah, it was nice um, to, nice to meet him. But there must have been others, right? Oh, sure. And it's sad too, because like for having gone to NAM for as many years as I have, which is few compared to some, but uh like 
seeing Stevie Wonder and Jeff Downs, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, there's Stevie, there's Jeff. But uh, which is weird. It's such a weird thing. It was also great to meet Rich finally after all this time. Uh, but I had this terrible incident where, OK, like a lot of people probably wouldn't know this about me. But growing up, I was a huge Depeche Mode fan, like really foundational and everything I do, which you may not know. But I love Depeche Mode. And I always hear that Martin Gore is kicking around Nam, And I'm like, well, I have never met Martin Gore, but I would love to meet Martin Gore. So I was talking to suit and tie guy about it. And he's like, oh, if you see Martin Gore, uh, keep him at the booth because I need to talk to him because he buys suit and tie guys modules. So I'm like, okay, yeah. So Martin Gore is walking by. I get all excited. I'm like, hey, uh, Martin, uh, suit and tie guy wants to talk to you about uh, these modules. And he's like, okay, great. That'll be fantastic. But uh, we're going to lunch right now. So tell him I'll come back. And then he was gone. And so my entire <laughs> Martin Gore experience was relaying a message. And then he sends this absolutely wonderful email to Suit and Tie Guy talking to him about what they were talking about, but said, yeah, I, I won't be coming back to NAMM. So it was like, oh, man, I, I spent my chance like relaying this message. It was very sad. But I got to meet Martin Gore. Kind of. Excellent. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Um, Ty, I, I, I suppose you, you haven't got a, you haven't got one of those at this time. But that, what what exciting thing happened to you while you weren't at Nam? How about that? It doesn't have to be <laughs> exciting. <laughs> did you did you nail that cue, or did you have one of those kind of you, when you're doing a job? You know, you get this. Uh, it's the hundred the, the the classic. It's the bullseye when you the director's happy, the producer's happy, and you're happy. Did you have one of those uh, moments? No, I tell you what did happen. I had a film arrive on a, a Friday. I hadn't seen this. I knew it was a, a program I was meant to be doing for the BBC. And the, the film arrived on a Friday. And I'm speaking to the guy about it. And I said, oh, that's great. So uh, when's the film being locked so I can do my work? They said, oh, that'll be tonight. So that's the first I knew about it. And then I got the film on the Monday night. They wanted the pre-mix on the Tuesday and the final mix on the Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. How long is An hour of music in one evening between eight o'clock and nine o'clock the next morning. And you did it. Did, you did no, it. I was going to say. So, <laughs> so that's, that, that was the highlight of when that was happening. That was my weekend. Yeah. Wow. Telling someone fun. you couldn't do the, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly do that. Oh, wow. That's, I, that's rough. Really impossible, basically. Wow. But I tell you, no, a few things. I mean, going back to what Corey said uh, about the heat, I've got heat. It's it's living over everything I'm doing at the moment. Um, uh, the and the two voice pro is permanently going through that. And also, I've got the um, the R the Odyssey module that's going through that as well. The heat is just a fantastic bit of gear that you know. Um, is really awesome. And the other, just very, very quickly, just going back to what Rich was saying about the, about the RD2000, about the V piano. I've got a V piano. To get a V piano for two, the engine for two and a half grand is, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, kind of overestimate, underestimate, Under, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. The V piano is an amazing engine. It's just sat there dormant for however many years. I mean, they've yeah. done nothing with it for however long. To get that engine and a two and a half grand keyboard is fantastic. Well, know? I tell you so, what, just as a quick aside, the one thing that I found about the V piano where Ed showed, he said, oh, you can basically tune every note how you want. And I thought, yeah, you know, that sounds like, okay, whatever. But actually, 
that's a really big deal because piano tuning, I'm imagining, you know, if you, if you get the, the shape right, it can sound very, very different and have a real signature sound to it as well because of it, because of the way that, you know, maybe the top octaves respond it, or whatever. It sounds like it sounds like a kind of a novelty thing to do. And I, to be fair, when I got mine, I kind of thought, well, maybe it's not all that. Honestly, once you go into that level of detail, the realism is outstanding. It's amazing. And you can do lots of microtonal stuff and what it's, you know, I love it. I love the V piano. So, you know, the, the 2000, um, if I didn't, I mean, I use a stage two that I'm more than happy with for the few live bits I do. But if I, if I was going to go out for a live keyboard now, honestly, the 2000 looks amazing. Right. So Excellent. So, um, with you, Corey, what was your, what was your kind of highlight that perhaps wasn't necessarily just, you know, seeing a piece of equipment then? Um, I mean, it's always getting a chance to to see uh, friends. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's almost like band camp, right? You you can interact <laughs> with all these people throughout the year on all of these different social media platforms, and then you may get cool enough with a few of them to text and call time to time, but some of them daily. <laughs> then you you go to Nam, you get a chance to see them all. So I think that's the huge part of it. But I, I guess I could say somebody that I didn't know that I met that I thought was a good highlight is uh i met tats tatsuya from ah, yeah. and he oh, yeah. is such a cool kid yeah uh, very cool dude i think he's brilliant we'll be talking about him years from now like you know like we do the the other synth giants well, actually, I uh, I have a Meet the Makers with Tats that uh, is going to be published at some point in the future. I managed to do three while I was there. I, I couldn't fit in Dave Rossum. I really wanted to do an interview with Dave Rossum, but mm -hmm. he was, again, just going off to lunch as it, as it happened, probably with Martin Gore. Um, and <laughs> it quite possibly could have been with Martin Gore, actually. Um, so uh, we've got uh, Meet the Makers with Tatsuya. It's Meet the Makers with Glenn Darcy from Artoria. It was also really interesting. And a Meet the Makers with... Uh, Christian Henson from Spitfire Audio, who's a really interesting and smart guy as well. And somebody said to me that his mum was uh, Eunice Stubbs. Who knew? Wow. Yeah. Get that. He's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. Very, very, very good. Anyway, so uh, there were um, pretty much all of the videos apart from that. I want to say thank you to our team who were absolutely awesome. I don't think I've ever done a NAM that's been quite so smooth yeah, everything worked. Everybody knew what they were doing. I think we're by the time we got to Sunday night and uh, or Monday night, we were in. Uh, we stayed up in Santa Monica. Me and Ed stuck around. We had over a hundred videos online, which is wow. mine. And, and I didn't edit a single one of them either, which is probably why there were so many. Um, so yeah, uh, Ed and uh, Rob and uh, Will, who's a new guy on the team, and also uh, Ed, Rob, Will. Oh yeah, and uh, Mira, uh, you know you are, and also Jim Hayward was also fantastic. So yeah, everybody was awesome. Uh, and well, can I can oh. I just say from 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 our point of view, you know, kind of not here, just from a, a you know, kind of um, someone logging on daily, the uh, it was great this year. It was the best it's been. It was clearly the best it's been, and um, yeah, the coverage was amazing. So you know, well done to you, Nick. You know, I know you're thanking all these people, but it was great. Well, I just paid for it. But I mean, I think the one thing also that. Uh, about that whole thing is it's very you know the the nam team the, the the people who run the nam press office were really on the case this year as well and everything just felt very smooth i mean the only thing that was a downer it rained but even the rain worked because it it tipped with rain just after we arrived in the morning so we literally walked in the door 
and then it the, the heavens opened all day until it was time to leave and then it was not raining anymore <laughs> and then on saturday night when we have our kind of general kind of get together at the marriott pool bar uh it wasn't raining there either and because it wasn't but because it had been it was quite quiet and it was good to see you there, Mark. And I know, Rich, you've yes. gone by then. And I didn't see you there, Corey, but one year we'll get you there. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and you'll, 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 hopefully you'll be able to join us. But yeah, it, on, the, oops, on the whole, it was a fabulous show, I think. And, you know, it doesn't, it feels like it's still going strong because some shows, you know, you go, go to and you think, oh, this is maybe tailing off a bit. Didn't feel like that. Felt like it was changing. And I think the changing thing, as we said at the beginning, is that people are re- announcing before NAM. You go to NAM to see the thing that's been announced. And then, you know, it, it, you don't shoot everything all at once. And not everybody is fighting for kind of, you know, news, new column inches. And that makes perfect sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's it. That's it for this time. And also, obviously, should thank Andy because he was back here um, and he sorted out a lot of the tech to kind of make sure it all worked. And all of those details are very important as well. So, anyway... I think that's it for this week. Thank you very much, uh, Rich Hilton. Uh, I'm guessing um, you're probably off to make hit records in some in some fabulous studio not far from from here. Tell me you are, even if you aren't. It just makes me feel better somehow. Oops, I'm I switched. making a record with the Wizard of Oz today. The Wizard of Oz, really? Yes, at the Emerald City Studios. Yes. Uh, wow. You know, with the changing color horses and the wow guy at the front door who says, "Who rang that bell?" <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Which character are you in that uh, particular pastiche? I'm all of the characters, just like the wizard is. Ah, that's a very good answer. Well, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. A pleasure having you. It's been thank a while you. since we've done a, four, a bit of four-way Sonic Talk action. Um, and Ty Unwin, thank you for joining us as well. I know you're very busy, although I have to say you look very well and rested. I don't know if that's just an illusion, but you do appear to be. It's probably an illusion, but let's keep it that way. Yeah, and we'll stick with it. So thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And, of course, Mr. Corey Banks, thank you for joining us too. I know we don't get you very often, but when we do, we're always pleased to have you. So maybe another time soon. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'll try to make it sooner. Um, Thanks for having me. Good talking to all you guys. And check out Corey's stuff, B-Boy Tech Report. Uh, I guess you got videos. Are you got videos going up, or have you done all yours yet? Uh, I got videos going up. Still got a few to come up. Slow coach. Still working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that can, that's the that's the the day job and yeah and not having so many that's people right. at your disposal but yeah we, we all work very hard and i and i know you do too so thank you no speak to you soon and also uh mr mark doty thank you very much for joining us too and we hope to have more of you again in the future uh thank you you definitely will and it's great to see Corey, ty and rich all together it's great to be on the show with you guys and yes i will be here as often as possible super and okay well that's it for this week i just want to say thank you to our sponsors isotope uh don't forget if you want to uh uh win uh, enter the chance to win a copy of yeah i'll get that eventually isotope new neutron please uh Head over to no, no. What you don't? No, you don't head over. You basically tweet the hashtag. Here we go. I uh, mix it better and neutrons at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag. Mix it better and the hashtag neutrons at Isotope and at Sonic State. Uh, and that's it for this week. Also, should mention uh, yes, I've got the System Eight video coming up shortly, and also uh, the Matrix Butte sometime when I've managed <laughs> to get my head around all the things that it does and also don't forget um, we've got a free download if, you're, if you've got Ableton Live and Max for Live you can get hold of our um, 
Ah, uh, God, I can't even remember what it's called. That's how little memory I've got now. It's called... Uh, yeah. It's called the uh, Mono Junction. That's right. And so do check that out. You just get a free download to that. All you've got to do is head over to sonicstate.com. There's ads for it about the place. And it's on the end cards of all our videos. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time.